Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJNL General Contractors. They are licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee, and they provide services such as mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you need any of these services, contact them 931-433-4660, 931-433-4660. Also, they are in need of heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, CDL dump truck drivers, and pipe layers. If you're interested in employment with this family-owned business, you can go to the website www.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. Heroes are cool. Superheroes are cooler. As a little kid, you spend a lot of time thinking about what it would be like to be a hero. When I was a little boy growing up, all little boys wore knee-high socks and the tidy whitey underwear. And as you were getting ready for school in the morning or you were getting ready for bed at night and you ended up in just your tall socks and your underwear, you kind of thought you might look like Spider-Man. And then it dawns on you. You're not going to be a superhero. They're not real. You don't have mutant powers. So then you start thinking about how cool would it be to be a hero in a movie? And then it dawns on you, you're not going to be a leading man in the movies. They don't use really, really short people for leading men in the movies. Now, that was before we understood about Spud Webb being an undersized NBA player. The only famous short guy I knew was in a song we sang at church about a dude named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. I had read some stories about little people, J.R.R. Tolkien's series about the Hobbit, but let's face it, nobody wants to grow up and be a Hobbit. Now, my friends on the SWAT team would tease me and say, if you'd grown up, you wouldn't be a Hobbit. But nobody wanted to do that, and, and we hadn't read George R.R. R. Martin's books and didn't know anything about the imp Tyrion Lannister, the anti-hero who kind of is featured in all of those novels. But since you can't be a, a leading man in a movie, what would be really, really cool? A stuntman. Now there's your path to fame. You probably wouldn't get credit. They wouldn't say, and also starring as this guy and list you. But you'd be the stuntman. You'd do all the hero stuff. You'd swing on the cables and slide on the wires and jump the motorcycles and do all the aerial stunt fighting cool stuff. And so I began my pursuit of being a stuntman. We would take a piece of ice that had formed in a big mud puddle and we'd prop it up and practice diving through it like you would breaking through a window. We would jump through cardboard boxes to learn how to tuck and roll and come out on the other side. And I perfected the landmine maneuver. Yes, it was a front flip. Now, any gymnast can do a front flip and land on their feet. My front flip would land me on the flat of my back, and I would flop like a rag doll as if I had been the victim of some kind of an explosion. And that was my go-to move when proving my worth as a stuntman. 
I played with ropes and goofed around with zip lines and created ways to swing from trees, and I was going to have a career as a stuntman. And then you get a little older, and you begin to be interested in other things, and the idea of being a stuntman sort of fades. One of the things I was interested in was going to the skating rink on Friday nights. Probably a nerdy thing to do, but in the small town of Oxford, Alabama, there wasn't a lot of options. And on this particular night, that particular skating rink, her name was Cindy. And she didn't know my name. She was probably unaware that I was on the planet. My skating ability was about average. I could play tag and keep up with the pack, but I couldn't do anything cool like skate backwards or glide around on one leg or anything impressive. Probably... uh, should have gotten my attention there that an aspiring stuntman should be able to do those things. But I did have a trick in my bag. All of a sudden, my wanting to be a stuntman and my wanting Cindy to notice me, worlds collide. I can do the front flip somersault landmine explosion thing. Now, what you've got to understand is when they build an oval skating rink in a rectangle building that cuts off several sections of the floor and the corners are exposed. They're covered with carpet. They sit higher than the skating rink and people sit around on carpet-colored mushrooms and they drink Slurpees and slushies and they talk and that's the perfect place to catch a girl's attention. I was coming around the corner coming out of the curve, approaching the seating area, and I executed the flying landmine technique. Having failed to compensate for the added height of the carpet-covered concrete barrier separating the carpeted-covered mushrooms from the hardwood floor. Everything went flawless except for that lingering feeling that possibly my shoulder had not followed me. While executing my front flip... My shoulder had not cleared the rise, the height difference between the hardwood floor and the carpeted area. And although it's covered with carpet, it's still made of concrete. Cindy never even realized I was there. Much less that I nearly killed myself in an attempt to gain her attention, notice, or approval. Reference 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 29. There was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. I did get a trip to the emergency room in Greg Wilder's really cool car, and I got to wear a shoulder brace to school the next day, and Cindy never even asked, hey, what happened to your shoulder? 36 years later, I was standing in a gymnasium in Birmingham, Alabama, explaining to a group of high school students how to swing across on the rope. I did not tell them that I had acquired my rope swinging ability and my aspirations to be a stuntman. We were simply doing an experiential teaching thing, and we'd set up an obstacle called the nitro crossing that involved swinging from a suspended rope from point A to point B, and it's a team-building exercise. I was casually talking to the students about the best way to swing and not hit the floor. I reached above my head. I grabbed the rope I'd suspended from the ceiling, and I leaned into it. I wasn't even doing a pull-up. I just leaned on the rope. My feet were still on the ground, and suddenly I felt like a small mammal wiggled its way through my shoulder, and then the pain started. Long story short, the long head of my bicep tendon separated 
and curled into my upper arm. Fast forward to the orthopedic center where my doctor explained that all those push-ups and all those pull-ups had caused this. Well, not exactly. He actually said, you've had a previous shoulder injury that created a bone spur around or near your rotator cuff, and over the years of doing push-ups and pull-ups, you basically sawed it in half. I protested. I've never had a shoulder injury. The only shoulder injury I had was in high Never mind. I could not live with the humiliation of telling that story again. Turns out it was a partial tear. And a couple of weeks later, on a Sunday night in the Atlanta airport, it finished tearing. Maybe one day you can look at Facebook and see a poster of my blackened and bruised arm. And maybe somebody from the class of 1981 will find Cindy and show it to her. Who would have thought that a dumb decision, a stupid kid stunt, 36 years ago would have consequences three and a half decades later? Actions have consequences. Even benign, trivial, seemingly meaningless choices create ripples that oscillate into our futures. Sometimes the things that we're doing really are not a decision about right and wrong. Sometimes it's about smart and dumb. Sometimes it's about just because you have a right to do something doesn't mean it's always right to do. Not only do the dumb things have echoes, but the little things have echoes. Reference our discussion from last podcast about significant obscurity. The little things you do in people's lives echo for years and years and years, whether they're wonderful things or humiliating things. And the choices we make as as children, to be honest, to be people of integrity, to be people of morals, to be people of discipline, all those things have echoes into our lives. Yes, the things that you do now echo into eternity. There are 32 miles of cave passages in Cumberland Cavern. 333 feet underground is the Volcano Room. The Volcano Room is the site for the youth rally known as Erupt. It's an underground youth rally. It's an annual event. It takes place in October. The next Erupt is scheduled for October of 2021. Erupt is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. If you'd like more information, you may contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. Or check out their website for more information. Three W's and a dot. Eruptyouthrally.com. www.eruptyouthrally.com.